P. Ryan is in. One timeout for Cincinnati. And going deep into the end zone and caught by Chase. Oh, my goodness, what a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. Burrow back to throw. Fires deep down the yeah. sideline. Chase wide oh, open. Oh, oh. Touchdown. Man. Bengals. Unreal. Hello and welcome to episode 182 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons, lapsing into radio voice there for some unknown reason. I think it's because I'm rather excited because the first draft, version 1, V1, of the 53-man roster has literally just come out. So you're going to get some instant reaccione. But first... Nathan Palmer, hello. How you doing, my son? Um, exciting time of the year now, like you say. We're getting towards the regular season. The roster is nearly comprised. A couple of moves being made. But I think we're getting a good idea of who is going to be the team that's going to propel us to glory. That's what I like to hear. Season. That's what I like to hear, Nathan. Um, yeah, you're right. And uh, But, of course, this, we waited until now to do this podcast because last week we spoke about... Jesse Bates and the potential for him coming back. And then, of course, as soon as we put the podcast out, Jesse Bates comes back. And I'd just like to say my confidence in him coming back was entirely warranted. I have to say that. You had that Uh, nailed on, son, to be fair. And I was nervous. But it's massive for Jesse Bates. That is such a great re-signing for us. Huge player to get back such a nice guy and I'm, I'm delighted by that and if we are going to make a big run win it all this season he'll be a big part of it so I'm absolutely delighted with that and I genuinely was worried I genuinely thought there could be a hold out there and that he he might not want to play and it could get a bit naughty and really happy he didn't take it further it's it wouldn't have been nice for anyone so that that's a massive addition for us and maybe we maybe the thing is you talk about the timings maybe he was listening He's been on Cincinnati, Jesse Bates, and he could have had a listen to me and you talking sense about, look, it doesn't make sense for either side. Me and you are both massive fans of Jesse. You know, we rate him as a player, and I think maybe he called his agent. He had a listen. He had his headphones in. You know, he's in bed in the evening. He had his headphones in. He thought, enough's enough here. I'm calling my agent up. It's a lot of money I can sign on the line here. And I think he's come back, and I think me and you have to take some credit for that, son. Oi, Mulligueta, you're having a laugh. Let's pack <laughs> this rubbish in. Stop mucking about and get me back to Cincinnati right away. In fact, he did. He did telephone me straight after the episode, actually, and expressed. Well, he he apologised for all the comes and goes. He said he would sign next year uh, for a couple of packs of Quavers, uh, <laughs> a chunky Kit Kat. And uh, and that was it, really. Just an an evening out with you and me in London. That's Human all. It, that's all he wants. That's all he wants. He's changed that's his tune. Enough. So, uh, but anyway, yes, Jesse Bates is back, which is great. But he's still on this weird uh, NFL exempt list. I don't know how all this stuff works. Things are flying around on Twitter. I don't know what IR means or pop or well i don't know what they mean but the <laughs> ramifications about who goes where there's some proper roster gymnastics going on at the moment things that i don't understand they are the dark arts of of uh roster composition 
And, well, when, uh, when we get when we get a sponsor on the podcast, yes. then Paul and I will know everything there is to know. But until then, you get the free version of us <laughs> not really knowing any of this stuff. <laughs> Do you know, I've been following the NFL for about 4,000 years, and um, I still don't – it's stuff that I don't care about particularly – I just want to know who's going to be playing for us next year or this season because it's only like about 10 days away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it has been interesting because everybody's kind of been um, uh, coming up with their own uh, rosters, who they want in, who they want out. Do you do you cut Jackson Karma, for instance? Who are you going to have at punter? How many wide receivers are they, are they going to keep? All this and more has been kicking around the old interwebs uh, for the past week. But now at least we get V1, as I say, V1 of the uh, 53-man roster. And it's kind of interesting. There are a few interesting points, I think. So, I mean, we could talk about the Rams game in which the Bengals won 16-7. Andrew Whitworth back in Cincinnati. Good to see him. Captain, my captain. Back at uh, Paycor. Um, and he was quite happy to be there by the looks of it, and I think the fans gave him a good reception. Good crowd in, Nathan. Good crowd in. It's what you want, isn't it? You know, Super Bowl rematch, we got the win, we take that, it's one all, isn't it? I mean, I was ready to talk about, you know, Brandon Allen looked quite sharp, and uh, I thought, again, Travion Williams did quite well. The two wide receivers, uh, Kwame, and when I say two wide receivers, I mean the undrafted guys, Kwame and... Kendrick Pryor also looked good again. Trenton Irwin uh, had a great game. He needed game. that, didn't he? To he really that. did need that. So, but that, all that becomes moot really today because <laughs> the fifty-three man roster V one has been released. So, I'd, it's probably not worth talking about the Rams game that much, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I mean. You're not going to chew the fat on that when we know the realities. Otherwise, you, like I said, you could talk about Trent Irwin and the rest of it. But if, if he hasn't made the roster, which you're, you're going to tell us, son, you're going to reveal it all. Um, I am. But, Everybody probably knows this yeah. by now. But And also, this is by far the finished version. You see the likes of Alex Leatherwood uh, released after being drafted last year by the Raiders. That's incredible. In the first round as well. Uh, That's you crazy, isn't it? Stuff see like that, that. Uh, wide receiver from Tampa Bay got released. Not uh, Chris Godwin or anybody of that stature, but a decent backup. He's out there, and you know you've got some nice little linebackers and defensive ends out there that could make or could contribute at least. So I don't think this is the final fifty-three by any stretch of the imagination. Bengals fans are still calling uh, for the team to cut um, Jackson Carmen. Uh, that seems to be the um, consensus at the moment, but I don't think they will. I mean, I, you know, he didn't have a great game against the Rams, uh, but he did okay in phases. So I just think they're going to keep him. They're going to keep the faith and just try and drag it out of him. You know what I mean? I really do think they are intent on making this this dude a player. Now, whether they succeed or not, who knows? It's a tough one with Jackson Carmen because he's done nothing right. He's not worked hard from what everyone hears. He's not played well when he's been given chances. He's got off the field concerns, which we've talked about. We've talked about before. 
So none of it really knits itself together very nicely in terms of anyone getting behind him. And the geezer's a second-round pick a year ago. No one normally is ever really up for giving up on a second-round pick. But if you took the temperature, like you said, son, of Bengals' Twitter and Bengals' fans, I think most people are of the opinion of, I'm not keen on him. Now, the Bengals have paid him a lot of money. He's a second-round pick, a high second-round pick. They... You know, they they really sort of valued him. And when they took him, a few people were scratching their heads saying, oh, I don't know. But you back the Bengals that they had done their research. They'd done their scouting. They knew the guy was a good player and had some potential. But I think now it's in one of those positions where I think most fans want him gone. But from the Bengals end, I think if you take if you take the off the field stuff out, I think everyone would sit there and say, let's give him another year. Why not? You know, we've invested this much in him. He's got some good skill set. He's a strong guy. Let's give him another year. Let's see what he can do. Let's give him a chance to get himself right rather than cut him, take the loss on the second round pick, the money. And then he ends up going to another team around the NFL. They, you know, one of their line coaches gets him into shape. He ends up being a good player and you, you sort of eat your hat on that. So, it's a tough one, but I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to be here for the whole season. But I think take the off the field stuff out of the way if you just want to, you know, negate the complexity of that. It's probably the right move from a football perspective, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think just about, just about. I think, I think, um, as as we mentioned last week, you know, if you draft, and let's see the Raiders, quite obviously. Uh, although this it also, you know, the Leatherwood, the cutting of Leatherwood, uh, which sounds like uh, a fantasy New Games of Thrones novel, the cutting of Leatherwood, um, uh, it just shows you that no one's safe and no one should be safe. I've never understood this kind of loyalty to rookies if they don't work out early. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I guess it's, it's a guess, but I... It could be because teams don't want to admit they they've been wrong in the the draft. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a certain element of perhaps ego here with the Bengals. They don't want to admit that they screwed up in the draft. But you know this is this is his uh, it is his second year, and you've seen the likes of say Trey Hill, who's I mean he's not blown anyone away in preseason, but you can tell there's an improvement there. You can tell there's a bit of an improvement with Hakeem Adenergy as well. So you're you're wanting Jackson Carmen to do the same. Now, again, as we've discussed in the past, um, each player is different. Each player uh, takes different amounts of time for the penny to drop, both you know mentally in terms of football processing and mentally in terms of approach and what you've got to do to become uh, a proper NFL player. By the looks of it and the sounds of it, neither penny has dropped for Jackson Carmen yet, but it may do in the next six weeks or it may, may be in the next six years. For, and by then it'll be too late for him, unfortunately. But, um, you know, you want it, he's, he's a Bengal, so you want him to succeed. Although I am very, very wary about these allegations as well, that, you know, off the field allegations, which, yeah, let's just say I'm very wary about. Um, but uh, yes, in terms of football, I think you have to you have to keep him and hope 
that he develops and hope he's not needed that much this year. Let's face well, exactly. It. And you've got you've got no real people on the roster that are quite obviously gunning for his job. I mean, there's no one that's standing out that you've got as a undrafted free agent or some um, some young guy that's come through that you could really hang your hat on and say, well, we need to give him this roster spot or or he's going to get picked up by another team and we're going to regret it. There's not a player on the roster that I think stands out like that. You've got a second round guy on the um, on the roster that hasn't performed but has got um, a skill set that you feel could be moldable. You know, he's mm-hmm. got that strength and size and he played at Clemson. So I think people feel that there's a chance that he could develop there. Now, obviously, the Bengals haven't seen what they want from him, but at the end of the day, like I said, there's not necessarily someone that they're depriving of a, ro- a roster spot to keep him there. The one man they might be depriving of a roster spot that isn't there at the moment is Quentin Spain. And obviously a lot of people barking on Twitter saying, look, bring the geezer in, get him in there, plug him in there at guard and, and get him starting against Pittsburgh in a week and a half. Um, or certainly just to rotate uh, with a Volson. But I don't think that's for some reason. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bengals, for whatever reason, are a bit set in their ways and stubborn about that. And they're going to say, look, um, you know, Volson's our guy. Carmen's going to sit on the bench and we're going to see how that pans out. So, oh, I mean, unless you think differently, son, I mean, you're, you're the Oracle here. No, I wouldn't say that, but I know I agree. I agree. I mean, it'd be interesting with Volson. He's obviously won the starting job. Good luck to him, but you know what I mean? He's going to be up against a pretty ferocious line uh, against the Steelers in week one. It's certainly a baptism of fire. Uh, but would Jackson Carmen do any better? I'm not quite so sure at the moment. So, Does it worry you that he's basically won this job by default? And that we well, don't really I know. That, I mean, he's not hmm. been bad, has he? But he's a fourth round pick, small school. He's played a riot. I don't care what school he comes ups. from. I really no, don't. I, I know, I know, I know. And, I know. I'm and, just but, saying, and apparently he's, not, school... he's not played against big SEC no, competition. No, but I don't care and, about that, to be honest. No, fair, fair enough. But 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 he, what I'm saying is, he's inexperienced. He's not played against no, Alabama I think and LSU's and stuff like that. But he's playing against the Steelers. It's going to be a big game. Obviously. Um, it's a must-win rivalry game. I just think if something was to happen in that game and he was to be at fault for it, he used to give up the game-winning sack or an injury or whatever it was, every Bengals fan would say, what on earth are you doing in trusting that we're a team that's supposed to go to, you know, challenge for the Super Bowl. What are you doing in trusting your left guard position to a guy who's a fourth-round pick who's, who's been all right? Should we be, should we be starting a fourth round pick that hasn't necessarily proved anything going into the regular season to protect someone like Joe Burrow with a knee issue. Like I, I, to me that that's, that's a bit of a problem. And it is a bit of a risk, but I don't, first of all, I don't think he's won the job by default. I think he's won the job because he's better than Jackson Carmen. And but, we, but Carl's been injured and he, and he's, he has, I mean, but by the sounds like, of it, I mean, it, he's also been pulled from the first, Elevens uh, in practice ball accounts, and and you know he's not been good enough so far, um, and it's down to Volson who's been showing that he is good enough. So I I don't know about I don't know if he's t- shown he's good enough though. It's more that he's shown he's better than Carmen, which is 
you know, he's dog shit better than horse shit. I'm not saying Volson is shit. I'm just saying it, it's not, he's not really, if he, if he was lights out in the preseason and he'd, you know, absolutely smashed it and we were like, cool, he looks fantastic. He's a Rolls Royce to geezer. You maybe feel more confident, but it's more to me the fact that Carmen has just played his way out of the job. And yeah, now you're left I mean, with this fourth round rookie that is about, about all you've got apart from bringing back Quinton Spain. Um, yeah, again, I would I would disagree slightly by the whole default idea. I do think he's shown uh, some really good things in preseason, and we're not at practice every day. Do you know what I mean? So we can't see true, true, true. what's going on in practice, how he is on reps, how is you know we could we don't see that everyday stuff. We're just going to have to trust him. And uh, I know that's when it comes to the offensive line, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, we're just going to have to trust him. And uh, hopefully he can hold his own against the Steelers. And you'd hope. And don't forget, he's playing with really seasoned veterans here. You can yeah. count Jonah as that as a seasoned veteran now. Um, yeah. Certainly Ted Karras, Alex Capra and Leo Collins are really seasoned veterans. So... He's not being thrust into the mix alongside uh, an underperforming, say, Trey Hopkins or a Hakeem Adenogy or a Zaya Prince. You feel better about that line stepping out. He's one part of that line. Now, if yep. he can hold his own, and we all hope that he can hold his own against a pretty fierce, as I say, Steelers defensive front uh, and linebacking core, then, yeah, I mean... It will be a fantastic experience, fantastic learning experience for him. And you know what? I think people should cut him some slack. It's his first game as a rookie against a very good defensive line. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. But of course, yeah, it's Twitter, so people are going to be blaming him. And uh, well, whatnot. it's not. But, it's you not know what I mean? be, it, 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 I, I've, I've properly sympathised with the geese, and what a position to be, you know, to put yourself in. I don't think when the Bengals drafted him, they were sitting there saying this guy is going to start for us. Um, and for him, it's mad. You know, he's starting with a load of guys he doesn't know. That line itself isn't hasn't got any chemistry, really. I mean, maybe they've built up some in training camp, but they've never actually played a live game together. Like, all of them. I mean, Jonah Williams is the only guy that's surviving on that line from last year. So yeah. it's a real new-look unit. It's definitely more talented. Um, there's definitely more, you know, higher ceiling there. But yeah. let's hope for Volson's sake. He gets the reps. He builds it up. He He's certainly a hard-working guy. I think Frank Pollock likes him. Good luck to the geezer, and I hope he does well. I'm not I'm not in any way talking him down that he's not a good player or anything like that. I just, I'm worried about the franchise. Joey franchise, Joe boy. I don't want Joe boy getting hurt, and no, I don't no. want to be risking anything there. In my opinion, it'd be safer sticking Quentin Spain in there and Santa Volson, look, Beat him out, get rid of him. Let us yeah, cut yeah. him mid-season, and yeah, we'll I think it's a fair bit. point. I wouldn't be against that at all, really. Um, but we are where we are, and um, but yeah, I mean, good I, luck to the I mean they, good he, luck did, to he did get some reps against Aaron Donald in the practices, those now infamous practices True. where helmets went flying and all sorts last week. Um, so he has got some, you know, they were pretty full-on intense practices again you know first team against first team by the sound of things defense did pretty well the offense took their time to kind of gel a little bit so that is also my concern like you that they're not quite match ready do you know what i mean that offensive line they but we'll see we'll see there's still another week and a half to go so um, could you ever see yourself throwing a helmet son uh that sounds a bit rude but i will <laughs> 
Uh, I will. You, if we were in a, a row with a, a fellow podcast, a it's fellow a, Bengals podcast, that's quite over. a weapon, isn't it? Though throw it. That's like that'd be quite. See, so a... you throwing yourself that at the locked on geezers. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, no, it's a bit using a helmet as a weapon. That's got to hurt, hasn't it? That's got to be a good old biff to the. They're pretty heavy, those helmets, oh, aren't no, they? And hard, anyway. Right, okay. You smack someone with a grill, like, you know, the grill, I think, would be the worst, wouldn't it? Because that's, <laughs> it, it'd have you on a nose, that. I know, I know. Um, well, there we go. We've lapsed into ultraviolence straight away. That's good. Uh, not our fault. You know, it was uh, Leal Collins and Aaron Donald's uh, fault. Um, what's happening in this episode? Uh, we're obviously going to go through the roster in a second. There is no special guest this week. We've got one for next week in our season preview. Yes, that's right. It sounds funny to say that, but the season really is almost upon us. It's absolutely mental. Um, but we do have episode two of Hard Knockers uh, for you after a week off last week. Uh, and there'll be one more to come in the season preview episode next week. Uh, and if you don't know what Hard Knockers is, I apologise in advance. And uh, you can just skip this bit. So there we go. Right. Uh, shall we do... Normally do we do some reactione for uh, the games, but I think we're going to have to do a bit of reactione for the roster, don't you? I think we have to. Reactione, reactione. Right, uh, lots of, you know, it's a bit of a crazy, one of those crazy NFL days today, hasn't it? Because social media has been uh, ablaze with tweets, uh, kind of letting us know who's been uh, cut from different teams, and it's all a bit dizzy and crazy. But finally, at uh, 9pm UK time, the Bengals released their um, uh, cut list, I guess if you want to call it. So let's go through them, and then we'll just pick out some headlines, uh, Nathan, if that's okay. Um, first of all, uh, one player was uh, placed on the pop list, the physically unable to perform list. That's linebacker Joe Bacci. Uh, they terminated the contracts of three vested veterans uh, who are released to free agency and thus free to sign with another team or re-sign with the Bengals. Bear in mind that last bit, re-sign with the Bengals. Uh, safety, Travion Henderson. Shane uh, Travion, if he, if he, if his status stays that, in that way, because he always has a really good preseason. He's played well against the Rams at the weekend. Uh, defensive, Noah uh, Spence, who also flashed in preseason. And the big surprise, I guess, initially, uh, is wide receiver Mike Thomas. Although Zach Taylor in his press, I can just see him on the screen now, smiling. He's uh, his face off. Um, he says that Mike Thomas will be coming back tomorrow, will be resigning once they uh, put Cam Taylor-Britt and Khalid Kareem on injured reserve. See what I mean? It's all a bit of jiggery-pokery and musical chairs and one in, one out and put these guys on IR and so on. But anyway, right, they've waived 23 players. Uh, long snapper Cal Adomatis. You can do some solid handles if you want, Nathan, as we go along. That, that, that is a solid handle, Cal Adomatis, isn't oh, it, I know, really? I know, Greek god, but he's uh, he's not uh, he's not one here. He's not managed to beat out Clark Harris, unfortunately for him. Uh, quarterback Jake Browning, who did have a strong uh, preseason, I think. Here's a big one. Punter Drew Chrisman. 
Um, Ooh, I saw a lot of people very confidently and almost arrogantly saying that it's his job, he's done it to Giza, he's our new punter, goodbye, good luck, Kev. And that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? I, it was, I, it was. But, I said last week yeah. I felt really confident. Not necessarily that I thought the Bengals would go with Kev. I did think the Bengals would go with Kev. I think it's the right move, um, and I'm glad they've done it. Yes, um, me too, me too. It means that Kevin Huber can uh, um, can now break the record, can make the break the Bengals' appearance record, which is pretty amazing. Uh, right, um, also gone is uh, offensive tackle Devin Cochran, defensive tackle Dominique Davis, cornerback Javaris Davis, tight end Nick Eubanks, guard Lamont Gaylard, uh, guard Nate Gilliam, linebacker Clarence Hicks, cornerback Delonte Hood, uh, wide receiver Trenton Irwin, uh, defensive end Raymond Johnson III, uh, Keandre Jones, the linebacker who's been around for a few years now. Uh, the two uh, really talented, actually, undrafted free agent wide receivers, Kwame Lasseter II and Kendrick Pryor. Uh, tight end Thaddeus Moss. I know he's got some fans out there, but he, he didn't have a great preseason, I don't think. Uh, guard Desmond Noel. Uh, running back Jacques Patrick. Au revoir, Jacques. Um, uh, tight end Justin Rigg uh, linebacker Tigre Scales um, defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin a lot was expected from him the LSU that, big a, lad that, that's, that's something to talk about isn't it because he's a fourth round pick last year the geezer and we talk about Carmen and obviously whether we give up on him or not regardless of whether he's earned it or not, it's a shame and it's disappointing that you've got a guy in the fourth round, which at the time you're like, cool, yeah, LSU guy, big guy, no, he's going to fill up the gaps, he's going to be played with Joe Boy, you know, there's pictures of Joe Boy on his shoulders, cool, let's go get him in, he, he work hard. That's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame. It is a shame because I think, I think they, and we actually, expected him to really make that back up, really challenge Josh yeah. Tupu. Exactly. And even, you know, when DJ Reader's contract expires, they've got a ready-made replacement. He has that bulk. He has that stature. He has that pedigree from college in the middle to really biff up the run game, and he just hasn't done it at all. Again, is it motivational issues? Is it weight issues? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure he'll end up somewhere else, to be honest with you. I read somewhere today that Bill Belichick was quite a fan of Tyler Shelvin coming out of college so who knows he may end up on the Patriots uh, the other big surprise is that uh, you didn't give a solid handle to uh, T Gray Scales I thought oh no, no I think that's a shocking handle do you think so I, I think it's it a shocking T Gray Scales T Gray Scales that's amazing T Gray is alright T Gray you don't like the scale you sound like Bloody grey scales. That's some geezer in Basildon, isn't it? Like, <laughs> and finally, defensive tackle Tariquius. Now, if this doesn't get a solid handle, I'm sacking yeah. you from this podcast immediately. <laughs> Tariquius Tisdale. Oh, that, that's an outrageously so uh, shocking. Sorry, no, sorry, no, cut that, cut that. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. No, you're all, 
you're I'll all so, over the I'll place. So, I'll so hot under the collar. That is a solid handle. That's that a sh- I think what you wanted to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is that that was a shockingly solid handle. It was, yeah, but I got lost in the shocking part. I know, you, you yeah. were so... Uh, too excited so, by it. I know, exactly. So what does that, all that mean then? Uh, obviously, Drew Chrisman loses out to seasoned veteran uh, Kevin Huber. Now, I, I, think, I don't think, in terms of personality and the person Hubes is, no one's particularly upset about keeping Kevin, but I've seen a few dissenting voices. But really, is is did obviously, Chrisman didn't push him enough. You know, and there's, I get the, I, yeah. I get it, I get that they want. Um, I think it's the whole Evan McPherson effect. You know, they a lot yeah. of people want another young, booming leg sort yeah. of guy, but actually, if he's not good enough, or do you know what I mean? He's or he's about the same. Then you'd keep Huber all day long because of his experience. Uh, holding is important. Don't discount the whole kind of synchronicity of that kicking unit. Do you know what I mean? Yep. That continuity is big there. Um, so he makes it. Kev Huber makes it. And I think what you said earlier was absolutely bang on on Twitter. Yeah, you've got to look at it. There's going to come a time on this podcast where I'm the sort of young Ever McPherson <laughs> sort of voice of the podcast and you're the kevin uber like veteran appearance that you've been on every episode and there's going to come a time where we need to replace you with a younger more representative higher sort of power voice i mean a lot of people out there would say now is the time to do that to be honest i don't think it's but this is the thing i think a few people are saying that but it's not time yet okay and i think that's the same case with kevin huber you know he He's still got it, and this is our best year to win the Super Bowl. You can't, as you you've said it all perfectly, son. And the the main thing there is leadership. Kev's not dropped off a cliff. He's not punting them fifteen yards out of bounds, and he's unreliable. He's 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 the opposite. He's very reliable. We're knocking 45, 48, 55 yards. Like, and I think you actually nailed it on the head. You like, Christopher hasn't done enough. If he was knocking them 70 yards and he was just looking like an absolute robot out there and doing stuff that that Huber couldn't do, then then let's do it. But someone else made a fantastic point on Twitter, and, I, and this makes you feel quite warm inside. They were like, if you're getting hot under the collar and you you get our biggest battle in camp is over who's punting for us, yeah. that shows you the sign of a roster that's in a pretty good position. No, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's where the Bengals are. I, I wish Drew all the best. I think he'll probably catch on somewhere well, else in the situation. Do you know Buffalo's. what? There are plenty of teams out yeah. there. You know, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Tennessee. Obviously, exactly. it's horrendous what's happening in Buffalo with the punter situation or with that punter in, in particular. Uh, a lot of people who were kind of clamouring for in the draft this year and look what happened. Uh, again, questions to be answered about, you know, did that team know about this? Anyway, uh, that's a different subject completely. But, but going, going back to the draft, though, and that's where with Drew it's a difficult one because with Kev, like with yourself, son, there's going to come a point where everyone's got to be replaced, everyone's got to finish up. And I'm not sure anyone feels confident that Kev's going to be around for two, three, four years. It probably is going to be his last year, and unless he has a great year, we bring him back. But at some point, you've got to replace him. With the punter position, though, and with, say with the kicker position, 
I'm absolutely fine with the Bengals spending a fair, like a, a five, six, or seven round pick on a, a specialist position like that, on the basis they'll be here for years and do a good, a good yeah, job because yeah, yeah. they're likely to be the absolute top of their class in that position if you're going to use a pick on them. Like the Evan McPherson pick, at the time it was like, cool, it's quite heavy to use that, you know, a fairly, was it a fifth round pick on McPherson? And you're thinking, right. cool, yeah, that's quite, that's quite early. But, Based on what we've seen, we wouldn't have probably made the Super Bowl without a geezer. No. You know, if you're knocking around with your, like, your Mike Nugent's of the world, and I love Mike Nugent, but you wouldn't rocking around with some of these like Randy Bullocks, you know, people like that, you're not even there. No. And that's why, I, you know, in the fifth round, you're not getting a lot. You know, there's guys that we're talking about on the team like Tyler Shelvin in the next year is a fourth round pick, ain't even on the team, the geezer. You know, he's, he's off. Like, yeah. And. I think if you're going to not send Drew on his way and say, fair enough, he goes to the Bills and he has a great career there, good luck to him. He's a top bloke and I hope he does well. But we just stick a fifth or a sixth rounder or a seventh rounder on whoever the next young buck is that comes out of college. And I'm sure they'll be quite good. I'm sure they'll do a good job. They'll mature into the position and hopefully they can beat out Kev and then you go on your way. So I'm not too worried about it either way. And I, I think the Bengals have made a smart move keeping with him and I know that Zach Taylor and the team are never going to turn around and say look it's about the the whole you know most appearances for the club thing of course you couldn't say that if you said that people would be an uproar and you wouldn't be doing it in the best interest of the team but I think there's a slither of that there you know Kev's been there for ages Darren Simmons been there for ages there's going to be a bit of a man crush you know sort of friends thing there and I think you said it best. I don't think there's that much difference in it. And there's certainly not enough for them to turn around to Kevin and say, we're going to risk anything this year on a dropped um, hold for Evan McPherson, a couple of shanked punts in a big game where the geezer's is a bit nervous. It's not worth taking that risk. So welcome back, Kev. Well done, mate. Right, let's go through the roster, shall we? Real quick, again, shout if there's anything that you want to talk about. Uh, so we've got Joe Burrow and Brandon Allen uh, quarterback uh, any chance of a pick up on waivers or you think Allen's no, the I guy think that's it. I think that's it no. yeah. uh, running back they this this is also one of the big surprises to me they've kept four running backs on the roster uh, Mixon, P. Ryan and Evans we expected but Travion Williams has made it so far and I couldn't be happier for him uh, we spoke to him on this podcast a while back, a lovely guy. That doesn't make him a lock for any team, to be honest with you, whether we think he's a lovely guy or not. But all I see out there every time I see him playing is him trying his knockers off. And Jesus, uh, again, he's pretty shifty. He's quite tough for his size. He can catch balls out in the backfield. Um He's a, he's a pretty good all-rounder. So I'm, I wonder whether they're going to use Evans more for receiving because as a few people have pointed out he wasn't great at running back very good at kick returning in the preseason but not fantastic at running back so that's one to keep an eye on i think um wide receiver yeah, also, oh, go on, yeah. sorry just just on that super quick there's also always injuries at the running back oh, yeah, position yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is such a, you know, Joe Mixon did such an incredible job last year to stay healthy. He's had some nicks in the past, but you look around the league at running backs and how many and everyone that plays fantasy football will know this. 
how many of those running backs can sustain 17 games now. So I think for the Bengals to have some good depth at the position is quite smart. Obviously, you've got a few different types of backs, as you alluded to. So good for Travion. And I hope he gets his – well, I don't hope – I hope he doesn't get his chance. Yeah, I know I what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Joe Mixon stays healthy and P. Ryan stays behind him. But um, if he does get a chance, I hope he does well. Uh, wide receivers, no real surprises. Higgins, Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd, Stanley Morgan, Trent Taylor, and that's it. So only five wide receivers. We're expecting them to keep seven. Obviously, Mike Thomas will be added to the list tomorrow, uh, all being well. Um, I mean, are they sniffing around to fill that wide receiver room out? I'm not quite sure. We'll see. Um, it's such a strong three, isn't it, that you almost take that for granted. But like you said, you have Mike Thomas back. He's he's solid. I think Trent Taylor's a good player in the in the slot. He works hard. Um, I, I don't think they'll add anyone. I think they'll be content where they are and just try and keep the guys healthy. You know, I, we'll I'm not see. sure if anyone... Yeah. Uh, tight end. Hey, there was some debate about this as well. Hayden Hurst, Drew Sample, Mitchell Wilcox all keep their places. But, of course, Drew Sample's been out injured all pre-season. And Mitchell Wilcox is slightly injured by all accounts. No one really knows what's going on with him. But they all make the roster, as they probably should. But, you know, uh, lots of people getting excited about OJ Howard's release from Buffalo. But that might be... He might be too expensive for the Bengals, actually. Um so, yeah, that tight end's one to watch, I would say, in terms of depth. Um, right, we've got the offensive line. Starters. Your starters, ladies and gentlemen. Jonah Williams, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Leo Collins, and then backups, Deontay Smith, who I'm a fan of, but I thought had a pretty bang average preseason. I know he was injured and probably just getting into the swing of things, but, I mean, he, he, he did, has not looked great these past two games. Jackson Carmen, Trey Hill, uh, Akeem Adenergy, and Isaiah Prince. Um, so there's your offense. Uh, just a snap reaction to the offense at this stage, uh, Nathan? Quarterback was smashing it. Receiver was smashing it. Running back was smashing it. The first team offensive line is very, very good. The depth is awful. That That backup line you read out terrifies me i'm not sure that many backup lines around the league are gonna win you know really win much confidence with people but i don't know just knowing what we know with those guys that does scare me a bit um and the same a bit with the wide receivers you know you take you lose a player or two there and the, the drop-off is significant partly because our first team players are so strong but partly as well because you know with the, there's of there's sort of young third fourth round picks that are upcoming there that you can believe mm-hmm. in and stuff I, 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 we're relying quite heavily here on players staying healthy and to be fair to Zach Taylor and the Bengals coaching staff we've not lost anyone touch wood yet and we're going to go into the season healthy so if we can replicate last year that that'll be a massive um a massive thing for us so I, hopefully we can do it because on paper the the first team offense is, is very very strong um I think yeah, uh, let's do the... Well, no, let's tell you what, let's have Hard Knockers. Uh, let's play out Hard Knockers, uh, which, if you haven't heard it yet, is an exclusive Hard Knocks-like look at the off-season at Cincinnati HQ, where moves are made, where plans are made for the coming season. 
and as you can hear, things are going to get heated. For Cincy Natter, the 23rd most popular podcast in Bengals fandom, times are tough. Head coach Paul Hirons wants more from his star presenter Nathan Palmer, but Nathan Palmer has his knockers. For Palmer, these aren't the first knockers he's faced. Mate, I bloody love a knocker. They always have a word with me wherever I go. I was born in the tropics of Essex, you know, and I've had to work hard. Hard an hour broadcasting star. Do you know, you know what I mean? Um, and the thing is, everyone's got a podcast. Now, everyone out there, and everyone's got an opinion, you know. But this Hiron's lad, this geezer, he, he's a bit of a dictator, you know. Um, and if he wants to have a word with me, he needs to stop talking to others. He needs to get in my ear, the geezer. And if he ain't happy with what I'm doing, well, to be honest, he can fuck off. Tensions between Coach Hirons and his star presenter have been running high ever since Palmer was caught drinking a lager and eating a papada during one of Hirons' meetings in 2020. Now, the coach, unsure of how to get the best out of his main Cincinnatter chatterer, has tasked him with coming up with some new ideas to keep the podcast new and fresh. Nathan, you know we can't do the podcast without you, but we need to be better. We need more ideas, more new catchphrases. I can't carry passengers on this train. I need drivers. Is, is this the same Joe Mixon train that Duncan or I'm not going about? No, act serious. Come on, man. All right, all right, all right, son. Keep, keep your air on. As it happens, I've got, I've got a few cheeky ideas. You do? That's, that's amazing, man. We need to keep on top of the competition, so we need new, good, funny stuff all the time. Come on, let's hear them. You ready for them, son? It's coach, not son, but whatever. How about, just to kick things off, just saying out loud what I'm thinking in my head, ruler of the bungle, you know? It's like we ask listeners to send in their most embarrassing moments. Um, yeah, what about that? Oh, well, okay, not amazing, but that's something we could work on. Anything else? Hmm. What about the borrowers? You know, the borrowers, like the borrowers. Do you remember the borrowers? But with loads of little Joe burrows all over the gaff. How would that work in a podcast? Um. I, mean, I don't know really, but um. All right, what about all right, what about solid candle? You know, we get listeners to send in. It's getting to that time of the year in autumn where people like light up the candles, and you know, I could grade some on a scent. Uh, no, Nathan, we need better than that. Come on now. Well, look, look, it's all in the press at the moment. Kim Kardashian, you know, she's the hottest woman out there. She's a hot property son, and Chris Evans has been linked with her. She's surely listens to the podcast by now and obviously with your contacts in cincinnati you could probably pull a few strings in 
um, and get her in on the show. So, I mean, our ratings would go through the roof. It would. I mean, I could call in a few favours. I mean, yeah, that's that's worth lodging in the old brain bank, actually. Let's, but let's talk about catchphrases. Come on, you must have more catchphrases. All right, look, I've got a couple of catchphrases, Sam. I'm just going to ping them over to you. Like, have you just have you, have you got my email? It should be just in front of you. Yeah, okay, let's open this up. Feisty old pup. <laughs> Feisty old pup, right? What, so what I was thinking is, start of the season, yeah, everyone's got their eye on the rookies, Daxton Hill, you know, all these geezers that are second-year players, that can they take the step? And every week I grade one of the feisty old pups, you know, like a little puppy that is the leader of the pack and he's a bit of a naughty old dog yapping at people. Like, I think the audience would resonate with that, you know, like a like, feisty little ruff, ruff, you know, like a good old pup. Even though we're a team of tigers. Oh, yeah, all right, all right, fair enough. But all right, now let's we- go on to the next one. Let's go on to the next one. State of the geezer every week. Yo, look, this is what I was thinking. Every time a player has a bad game, we have a segment on the pod called State of the Geezer. And I'll just read, you know, have a word. If someone's had a bad game, if T. Higgins has chopped a few big passes, we'll say, look at the state of the geezer. And like, we'll evaluate what happened with him, where it went wrong. Uh, okay, we could again work on that. Um, the final one San Veraj Handle. San Vera, what the, what the hell is that? Are we, you want us to go French or something? Well, listen, look. There's, we introduced shocking handle last season because there's a few shocking handles out there that need to be called out for it. We've always had the very, very solid, solid handles. But there's a lot of handles in the middle. So I think we should have an average handle. You know, like it's an average handle. It's an average handle. Right, okay. And then everyone knows where they stand there because otherwise a lot of these people like smoking around with some... You know, some, some not great handles. They need, they need to know that it's just a set average handle. The brainstorming session was a success, and relations between Hirons and Palmer seem to be on the up. Next, it's time to put words into practice. Right, guys, right, guys, gather in. We're back on track. We're going to be installing new concepts today, and I want to see your best. Nathan? Nathan? Where's Nathan? Where is he? He's gone on holiday. What? You are kidding me. We are done. Me and him, me and him are done. Right, there we go. There's episode two of Hard Knockers. Uh, Strangely enough, art is imitating life or life imitating art. I'm not quite sure which. You did actually go away this weekend again, didn't you, Nathan? But... um, so, uh, episode three, the final episode, um, will be uh, played out next week. Uh, but let's get back to the roster. And real quick, the defence. So, your starting defence, Trey Hendrickson at defensive end, the two defensive tackles, uh, DJ Reader and BJ Hill, and uh, Sam Old Mother at defensive end. Uh, the linebackers, uh, Wilson and Pratt. The cornerback, Slot, Mike Hilton, Eli Apple and Chido Ozier and uh, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And behind those guys, you've got uh, at defensive end, Joseph Asai and Khalid Kareem, although Kareem is expected to go to IR tomorrow. Cam Sample and Jeffrey Gunter, so the seventh round uh, guy uh, gets in. Well done to uh, Jeffrey Gunter. 
Um, defensive tackle backup Zach Carter, who's had a really good preseason, and uh, the ever dependable Josh Tupu. Linebackers, they have kept uh, five uh, linebackers. Uh, ADG is in, Marcus Bailey is in, and Clay Johnston makes it. Makes it. Had a superb preseason. Actually, had a pretty good playoff run as well. Played quite well down the stretch uh, when he was brought in to cover the injuries. So well done to Clay Johnson. Um, backup cornerbacks. Now here's some stories. Um, Trey Flowers, uh, Jalen Davis will back up Mike Hilton. Uh, Cam Taylor Brett will go to IR. And the undrafted rookie Alan George makes it, or at least this version of the roster. Well done to Alan George. I love stories like that, and he did play well in. He, you know, you could notice him uh, in preseason. So well done to Alan George, and of course the backup safeties Dax Hill. He'll be playing everywhere. Michael Thomas and Tyson Anderson, and your specialists McPherson, uh, Hubes, and Clark Harris. So there you go. Um, Defence, um, yeah, this, I'm pretty happy with that defence, I have to say. Perhaps a little bit, again, the depth at cornerback, I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, I'm quite happy with that defence, really. I mean, it's pretty much the same defence that got us to the Super Bowl and played so well during that stretch, I think. Yeah, plus plus a little bit as well. There's been a few good additions there. Um I almost feel more confident with the depth of the defense than the offense. There's a few good guys in there that worked hard and a few younger guys that I feel a bit more confident in. And I think Cam Taylor Britt as well. Like I don't think that injury is too severe. I know he might miss a bit of time, but hopefully he can come back and get involved there and help that depth of the cornerback position. So I'm not, especially worried about the D. I think they've taken a step forward. I think the offense is more at risk of dropping off heavily. Um, with people missing and we I mentioned the offense before I didn't mention the tight end position you you lose Hayden Hurst and uh, with the greatest respect son I think that's a big problem for us you know mm. that that's where we'd be at sea a bit and I know there's talk of OJ Howard I don't think he's someone that for whatever reason the Bengals are going to entertain they're not necessarily keen on those sexy sort of old veteran pickups that um haven't stuck elsewhere so yeah, it, that that worries me on offense behind the first guys more than the defense. And the defense has got a bit more, bit more sort of um, solidarity to it. Got a bit more um, chemistry as a team and depth within that. Um, but I mean, it's a good roster in it. You, you can't knock it. It's a good roster. Yeah, and, and I think we should There's remember pro bowlers we, either side of the ball. Very yeah, obviously. Yeah, and we can nitpick all we want. I think it's more of a depth issue. I think, but then again, I think every team is like that in the NFL. Yeah, really, exactly, you know? exactly. And you've got to remember we, that the majority. I mean, the majority. You talk about continuity <laughs> and uh, consistency. It is pretty much the same roster as last year. Yeah, uh, like you say, you with what? some key additions. So we have yeah. to remember that this roster got to the Super Bowl last year. But I'm not saying they're going to do that this year, but they 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 are a good team with a good roster, and in in in, in many many ways they are they are well coached as well. So yeah, yeah uh, just, just we'll see. Final thing I'll say: what gets you places in the NFL is superstars. It's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Trey Hendrickson, Jesse Bates, players that are difference makers. And we've got those players in abundance and in big positions, in really important skill positions. And 
it, I'm not discrediting the line, but there's some really good players in there. Now, whether they're like absolute difference makers or not, is certainly an upgrade from last year. But not every team's got those, you know, pro bowl slash all pro players. We've got them. Um, and we're not deep at every position, but you make the point, not at, neither is any team. You know, you look around at any other team around the league, they're going to have guys that are late round draft picks, people that are plugging holes, certainly when injuries arise. So, I think for us, if we can keep those superstars, to call them help, uh, healthy, then I think we'll do a good job. So, um, yeah, I'm confident. I feel, I feel like it's a very good roster going into the season with no injuries at the moment. Yeah, it's all to play for. The roster's settling down. I wonder, I mean, they are 31st on the, the waiver wire, so, you know... It's going to be hard to pick up a gem or two from uh, from those guys, from that position, but who knows? There will be there. Well, there, there may well be some more moves between now and game day, um, and of course next week we will be uh, we will be previewing the season, which again it just sounds insane to me. It always does every year. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Really, I think and. Um, um yeah can't wait and we'll have a bumper episode next week uh just to let you know that we do have a a Bengals UK meetup for week 1 uh, and that is uh going to be at the walkabout in Birmingham um on Sunday the September the 11th uh, about 5 o'clock of course game time is 6 p.m. Uh, uh, it's obviously free we're in the VIP area um, and it's obviously free entry as we like to keep it uh, so if you're in the area uh, in the locale in the West Midlands anywhere in the Midlands or you want to come down to that wherever you are in the UK you're more than welcome uh, again that's the walkabout on Sunday September the 11th 5 till 10.30 free entry and you can see it all over our uh, social media feeds which are at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook, and Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. We do like to throw in a, a rogue underscore from time to time to keep things interesting. Um, but that's a little look at the roster, a little reaction to the roster. Do keep in touch with us. We've got uh, all kind of things going on in the next week or so. Uh, but until next Monday, uh, it is a Hooday. And a day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.